Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michelle, and today we are going to be doing a special Virgo season Q&A session. We'll be here for an hour or two, see if uh, we can get to all your astro questions, sports questions, executive functioning questions in true Virgo fashion. Um, I'm just uh, spending a little time with you this Friday afternoon. So if you have a question, put it in the chat, put it in all caps so I can see it. And uh, I'll try to do my best to um, get to everything. And uh, we'll just hang out and have a good time. Uh, so I hope that you're doing well out there. Please let me know if you're here by putting something in the chat. Um, have a few announcements before we get rolling here. Um, the Decans of Virgo is on sale right now. My webinar that I did uh, that examines each 10 degree section of Virgo. We go over tarot cards. We go over astrology. We go over mythology. Um, it's a real good time and it's 20% off right now in the store in the description of this video or at my website spencermichaud.com. I also am very excited about a much larger offering that I am doing called a Deccan Walk. We're going to be going through all of the Deccan webinars, meeting twice a month, meeting over Discord, talking about tarot, astrology, mythology, uh, reading T. Susan Chang's 36 Secrets, um, taking a look at Austin's book, 36 Faces as well. Uh, we're going to just go on a Deccan journey, and we're going to do what I like to call collaborative storytelling, which is telling the story of our lived experience and comparing it to other people's lived experience so that we can learn from each other. So I'm really excited about that. You can see that pinned to the chat right now or in the description of this video, or you can find out more information at spencermichaud.com. It's, we're going to be going through uh, 12 months of a journey together. Uh, there are payment plans available if you need help with that. And um, just reach out if you have any questions. I'd love to have you along for the journey. Okay, some friends are stopping in. Monique is stopping in. Says, what's up, homie? What's up, Monique? How you doing, friend? Uh, stopping in from Los Angeles. Luna Storm is here. Nice to see you, friend. How are you? Rachel Fletcher is a happy September from Roanoke, Virginia. Nice to see you, Rachel. Hope everything's going well out your way. Um, let me know if you have any questions, friends. We're gonna, this is this is your time. This is me just not having a huge agenda, but uh, you know, just showing up and taking questions for you. Beth is here. EK White, happy Virgo season, Spencer and friends. Nice to see you, Beth. Carol from Mass is here, says hi, hope all is well. Yeah, you know, all is pretty well right now. I've got a few things going on in my world, I guess. You know, you've been you've been following along on my Instagram at Spencer Michaud. Um, you'll know that I've been raising monarch caterpillars, and I've got three more here in a chrysalis ready to go. So they should be hatching out within the next week or so. So keep your eye on my Instagram if you want to see updates on that. I've also been doing a lot of um, what I like to call executive functioning relearning in true Mercury retrograde fashion. Um, a, a, lot of, a lot of times when we face new responsibilities, when we're trying to expand what we are capable of out in the world, we need to learn a new skill set to be able to manage all the things that we're trying to do. So that's what I've been trying to do lately. And I have a couple book recommendations for you. A couple you may have already seen. The first one I've already showed you, which was the Smart But Scattered Guide to Success, which I really like. This is the Virgo season book recommendation list, friends. So just be forewarned. Um, how to use your brain's executive skills to keep up, stay calm, and get organized 
At Work and at Home by Peg Dawson and Richard Guare. Really good one for assessing your strengths and weaknesses. The next one that I've been, uh, that's on my list next to read is Indistractable. I like this one. How to control your attention and choose your life. So if you have a little bit of challenges with attention and focus, um, that could be a good one to help you to, to set healthy boundaries and eliminate the types of things that may distract you. The one I'm really enjoying this week is called Winning the Week, How to Plan a Successful Week Every Week by Demir Bentley and Carrie Bentley. It's a husband and wife team. Awesome book, really easy, simple read. Um, they have just a really great method about planning your week, You know, being able to eliminate some of the the landmines, they call them, of the time that comes up, the unexpected work that comes up over the course of the week that can distract us from the things that we set out intentionally to do. And I, I've just been finding it a, a revelation because for me, I, you know, I have, I'm self-employed, so I have a lot of time on my hands and trying to organize all of that time can be a challenge, especially when you're, you know, you're the only one really motivating yourself, your, your own accountability partner. So being able to organize your time and be intentional with it and be realistic about how long things take is really important. I think that's part of the Virgo uh, energy, especially when we're having a Virgo retrograde Mercury and a Kazemi coming up. This is a great time to reassess how you organize your life and become more efficient. So I really highly recommend that. So they have these like beautiful worksheets that help them or help you to see the method. You know, you, you remove resistance to planning. You learn a lesson each week. You try to plan your week in advance, maybe on the weekend, choosing a leverage priority. I like this, where you are trying to figure out which of the things that are on your to-do list is going to make things, the rest of the things easier. I love that. I love that idea. Uh, interrogating your calendar and getting real about your priorities and your commitments and how much time you have. Executing your plan, uh, tri triaging your task list, prioritizing, allocating time and, and demand to supply and then going ahead and executing your plan. It's just, it's really cool. Just check it out, friends. I've been telling everyone about it and I really like their work. I believe they have a YouTube channel, so check it out. They're, I'm not sponsored by them. I just really like what they do. Okay, so I'm checking in on the chat here. Mercury Kazemi, please, yes. We're gonna have a Mercury Kazemi coming up on Wednesday at 13 degrees of Virgo this week. So a really powerful time to get new insights and downloads about how um, we might be able to create uh, efficiency in our life. Uh, Robin is here. Robin here from Healdsburg, California. Nice to see you, Robin. Rachel has a question. How can we best work with the final days of Venus retrograde? This retrograde has been surprisingly positive for me. That's a great question, Rachel. So if we pull up the chart and we take a look at it, um, you can see that at the very moment that I'm recording this, as Rachel is pointing out, we are in the final two days or so of Venus retrograde. Venus is right now getting ready to station direct at 12 degrees of Leo. So we've been going through this retrograde for roughly 40 days, and we're going to see it stationing direct on Sunday. And then simultaneously after, Jupiter is going to station retrograde at 15 degrees of Taurus. So I guess a few things that I've learned over the course of this Venus retrograde is trying to figure out what I really value. Um, you know, what kind of identity is married with that value? Uh, how do we create success in our life? The, the, the retrograde Venus 
is associated with the Decan of Leo that is syncretized with the Six of Wands card. And the Six of Wands card shows someone who is returning victorious from battle to make a sacrifice at the Temple of Zeus. And he's surrounded by his peers and he's being celebrated for the work that he does or that he has done. And, and with Venus retrograding through this Deccan and, and earlier through the Deccan about which, uh, which hills we want to defend, which parts of our personality we want to, to make sure that we are uh, either defending with our, with our heart or letting go of, or some things that may not be worth going to battle or going to war over. I think that some of the things that have come up for me is that I've been reevaluating how to create success in my life and realizing that success is, is not just getting the most amount of work done. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like as I've taken on more responsibility, if you, if you, work harder all the time part of what you're going to do is you're just going to create more space to just do more work and and that part of that is good so don't get me wrong part of that is good but you can just fill your days and nights with work and i think that venus retrograde here is showing us what is really what is success to me success isn't always just grinding yourself into bits um to to be able to cross the finish line to me success is a healthy balance between being able to take care of your responsibilities and have the time to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And I think that this is something that I've been working through. The reason why I'm, I'm so passionate about like these executive skills books, winning the week, like for example, is because their method is not like, how can you cram more activities into your life? It's how do you make the most of the time that you have so that you can make space for what you enjoy to do as well, so that it takes the anxiety off of your shoulders. So for me, this Venus retrograde has been about how do I create successful outcomes in my life that include pleasure, that include uh, family time, that include all of those things. And what you can do in the last few days is I think get really clear about how you create successful outcomes in your life or how you might fail to. And it's okay to admit if you are, have some weaknesses in certain areas without beating yourself up too bad about it, right? Um, getting clear about what your authentic self is. Also, there's an authenticity um, to this second decan of Leo, like trying to figure out what do I really love? What do I really value? So you've got a couple more days over the weekend to, to get really clear about that. And then handing over to Jupiter being retrograde. Jupiter is in the Deccan. Oh, let's, I'll circle that for you too. So we'll, we'll kind of segue into that conversation. Whoops. One moment. Okay. So here we see Jupiter at 15 degrees of Taurus, about to station retrograde on Monday. Uh, this is going to be happening on Monday the 4th. Uh, and we're going to be seeing the energy shift from a highlight of the six of wands, which is about how to create successful outcomes and be acknowledged for what we do, right? To the six of pentacles, which shows a figure who is being generous with his resources and giving alms to the poor. And you see someone maybe of a, someone in need who is receiving 
um, benefits from someone else as well. So we're going to be shifting our focus to that. That's one aspect of that decade. And Jupiter to me is a planet that will show us the types of conscious actions we need to do to create honor and merit and success in our life. So it makes sense to me that we're handing over. We, Venus is more about receiving. It's more about an intuitive, receptive quality, in, in my opinion. So this, this is the things that are brought to us through opening ourselves to allow them to come to us. Jupiter's a little bit more active, in my opinion. So how are we going to uh, share our abundance with others? How do we share our time with others? This is, a, I think this is going to be a big one for the Jupiter retrograde. I know this is something that I've really been taking a hard look at, at through these, these uh, explorations of executive functioning things is how do I actually use my time? How do I set boundaries with my time? And how do I reclaim it to be able to achieve my highest priorities? And what I like about winning the week, I'm just going to keep talking about it because I love it so much, is that your every day is not the same as far as our energy levels. And this is a, something else that Jupiter in Taurus speaks to is becoming consistent over time. Um, it was related to the seasons, the, the Hori, and having a consistent rhythm. I have the moon at 15 degrees of Taurus, so Jupiter is going to be retrograding right over top of my moon. I, I have some thoughts about what that could mean, but I'll try to, to contextualize it for the group here. Um, I think that when we are trying to set boundaries around our time, we have to really be clear about what we're doing with it right and allocate it because it's a finite resource and I, I like what they're talking about it being a finite resource and and us valuing it so when you're talking about allocation in this six of wands card it's not just about your resources physical resources it could also be non-physical non-tangible resources like time like your mental energy like your ability to hold space for people emotionally in your life. I know for me, one of the biggest time sucks that I've experienced over the course of my life being a sensitive cancer person who likes to help people is at various times in my life, my friends or my family or people that I work with will reach out to me and have an emotional problem that I will feel obligated to fix in the moment. And Again, I want to preface saying this with, I enjoy that work. I enjoy helping people and I feel good about it afterwards. But sometimes it, it, it will derail a priority that I had in my life significantly where it makes it really difficult for me to get back on track on working on the things that, will, that are important for me, whether it's self-care or work or anything like that nature. And by giving at a time when I really needed to be able to utilize my my best mental energy towards some important priority that in my life i i end up feeling drained afterwards and i'm sure that this isn't an uncommon problem and especially if you're a watery type person at the end of those interactions you end up absorbing people's emotional energy and then it, then you're trying to work out which which of the feelings are the other person's and which of the feelings are my own so the solution to this with this book or whatnot is um, not blowing off your friend or your 
whatever situation comes to you, but, but building in time in your schedule to account for when someone might have an issue, but they call it flex time. When you have, they call it UUW, like un, unplanned, un, unwanted work, <laughs> like, right? Sometimes it's emotional work. Um, and you build that into your day. And one strategy you could have to, to being able to support someone says, I really want to support you. I, can we, can I give you a call back at like four o'clock this afternoon, rather than someone bringing you that problem at 10 AM when your brain is really focused on doing the deep work that you need to do for your own purposes. So it's not about ignoring the people that want to uh, have a piece of your time and energy. It's about being very intentional about it. And, and to, I just love that. I, I love that because as sensitive people, we want to be there for people. We want we want people to like us. We want to be helpful. We want to be of service. But it's so it's difficult to be the best you can be for the other people in your life if you're constantly feeling like you're playing catch up in your own life and you're not centered and balanced in your own life. And what I'm realizing is that I, I spent so much time, just even just with friends and and to be fair, my family like I have a. I have a teenage daughter who calls me a lot and and I will set things aside if it's an emergency but if it's a, if it's a smaller complaint I'm like can we talk about this later <laughs> like so that I, so so that I can be fully present for it um it, it has shown me that that there is a way to get a, a lot of work done in the beginning of the week and open up the rest of your week for pleasurable things you know for things that or for things that you've had on the back burner for a really long time so I'm just, I'm really excited about that. I think that that's something that we'll be working through as Jupiter retrogrades through Taurus is we may have to reevaluate the rhythms that we have in our life, the way that we organize our time, um, the way that we share with others and the way that we receive. Well, those, all of those things will be up for reevaluation. I know for me personally, I, I Another thing I like about these new systems that I'm learning, it's, it's not even just looking a week ahead. For me, they have a, they, they call it wargaming your, your week, which is, which is a little intense, but it's kind of like looking for things that could distract you, like anticipating challenging things that could be time sucks. And not just looking one week ahead, but looking two weeks ahead. And for me, like for example, this week, I have some client work that I needed to get done. And I knew that at the beginning of this next week coming up, Jupiter was going to be stationing retrograde. And it exactly coincided with the beginning of the football season, which I really enjoy. And I play fantasy football. I, my brain likes to chew on those types of details. But I also know that that type of activity is a very seductive distraction that could be much more attractive than some of the work that I need to get done that I'm beholden to. So by understanding that, I was able to, to work ahead and get that work done to free up time to do the things that I want to do. So I just, I think that this is something that we're going to be dealing with as, as Jupiter stations retrograde is how can you find the right rhythm in your life? How can you find the right balance of, of fun and work? Uh, how can you be intentional about scheduling in the things that you enjoy rather than just grinding yourself into dust. Um, this is something my partner Tanya and I have been talking about quite a bit. 
uh, she's the, she's a grinder. She's someone who just works and works and works. And, and I'm having to say, did you, did you go for your walk today? Did you go outside? Did you eat your lunch? Did you, are, how are we going to schedule in some time to just be? Okay. So we're all going to have different tendencies around this. I think one thing that has been kind of floating around in my brain is sort of maybe even creating either a class or a group or something where we are looking at our charts and figuring out how to become more efficient within our life. Um, I really enjoy this work. I really enjoy helping people to grow and, and organize their life. And I think combining that with astrology and tarot and divination could be very powerful. So that's something that um, if, if there's enough interest in that, I, I would be curious to put something like that together. Um, let's see. I'm checking in with the chat here. KP1231. Hi, Spencer and everyone. Happy Friday. Listening at work again in Cleveland. Glad to kick off the weekend with some great astrology and got the monarch emoji there. Nice to see you, friend. I'm glad you're, you're here today. Uh, good luck to the Browns this year. Um, keeping my eye on uh, some of their new receivers for fantasy with uh, uh, Elijah Moore as a second receiver and Amari Cooper and all those... Uh, all those dudes down there and Donovan Peoples Jones. <laughs> so, was, you know, it's amazing how many uh, people from other teams you start to understand what, what they're all about when you're doing something like fantasy football instead of just following your own team. Um, Luna Storm says, This makes sense to me. I need to respond to people when I am ready to mentally and emotionally. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, again, we're sensitive people that want to, to help. And our intentions are good, but we're going to be so much more effective and present when we have that, that balance of protecting the time that we need to figure out uh, some of the really important work that's going to move our life forward and make everything easier. Monique says, I am so here for this, feeling ready to do this. I think I needed Venus retrograde to pass. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, we've all been going through a reevaluation of relationships, of what we love, what we, you know, what we value. And honestly, the way that we spend our time is a reflection of what we value. Okay. So if we're constantly spending time with, with our kids or with our partners or with our work, that shows us our values and, and having a healthy balance with that is, it can be really uh, fortuitous. Dina says, I love activities by moon sign. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, there's definitely, we all have different um, characters and tendencies based on these planets in the chart. And I think just different influences. I think that the planets are, are influencing us. They're not, I don't think that they necessarily are set in stone destiny. There's some things that are unchangeable. There's some events that we're going to experience in life, but we have the ability to make choices. And we don't necessarily have to be 100% defined by these placements. You can learn how to overcome uh, a ill-dignified planet in your chart. For example, the author of this book, I looked up his chart. Demir Bentley is an Aquarius sun, born in the same year of, as me with the same Virgo stellium, but all his Virgo planets are retrograde. So it's no wonder I resonate with this, but he has Mercury in Pisces. So to me, what that tells me about him and his chart is that he probably had a lot of challenges with this. He even says so in the book, like he was working a hundred hours a week and he was working so much that he was starting to have health problems. And the doctor basically said, you can't work more than 40 hours a week or you will literally have the potential of dying. You know, so 
he was like, well, how do I do the work that I need to do in 40 hours? And that's it. And I'm done after that. And, and that to me, it seems like a, a response to his Mercury in Pisces is he had to create this system to be able to function in his life the way that he wanted to, to have the life that he wanted to have. So, so I think that there are ways to work with any type of configuration in our charts and to be able to compensate and mitigate for challenging ones and to identify strengths that we have so that we can lean on those as well. Beth says, I'd be into that chart study group directed towards self-improvement. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, I mean that's, that's all the work that we do, but, but I think specifically focusing on tangible and practical applications of it is something that's really resonating with me right now during this Virgo season. Smile is here, says, hi, Spencer, how are you? Hello, how is how everyone? I'm doing good. I'm uh, getting, getting organized, and for me, that's taking a lot of pressure off of me, and it makes me feel good when I feel like I have, uh, I mean, being intentional with my days and my, and my hours and my weeks. Luna Storm says a chart class would be great, yeah. I, so it's, I'm, I'm, it's something that's percolating in my brain. So it's, it's, it's marinating at the moment. I'm really excited about Deck and Walk too. So I, I really hope you'll join me for the Deck and Walk. That that might be another opportunity to go through the entire year together and just really get an understanding of the the time and the experiences that we have going through that. Uh, Rachel says, thank you, Spencer. That was awesome. And especially appreciative of meditating further on the Venus-Jupiter second deck in connections. Yeah, it, important to make those connections, Rachel, because because Venus is the host of Jupiter. So a lot of the realizations that we came to during Venus's retrograde will be able to put into action during Jupiter's retrograde because Venus, from, for at least a good portion of the beginning of the retrograde, is going to be, be providing resources. So we'll take that knowledge and apply it. Um, Jupiter will station direct on December 30th. So it's going to be a little while, and, and it's not the end of the world. It just may, may be another period where there may be possibly some delays some reevaluations. You want to also, in addition to the Taurus area of your chart, keep an eye on the Pisces and Sagittarius areas of your chart because those could be up for reevaluation as well, especially the Pisces area because uh, Jupiter is going to be visible to that house. It's making a, a whole sign sextile. It might be a little bit less influential on your Sagittarius house because it is an aversion to that house right now. So try to connect the dots in the chart like a spider's web, and hopefully it'll help you move forward. Uh, KP1231 says, thanks for the positivity. We need all the help we can get. Yes, the Browns have been pretty bad for a long time, but they are a historic, proud franchise, and they have some really fun, fun fans out there. Um, I really enjoy these uh, Midwestern fan bases who are passionate about their teams and feel the same way about my beloved Green Bay Packers. So I, I am ready for football to start, but I'm also ready to test out my newfound uh, executive functioning discipline around my time and make sure that I'm compartmentalizing my interest in football, which is great, uh, into blocks of time where I can feel like I've maybe earned that time to, to read about it or to, to chew on it mentally after doing the other things. So it'll be a great test. Uh, Jupiter's my time lord this year, friends, so you'll, you'll be hearing about the, those, uh, those challenges for sure. Um, Smile says, oh, great to hear that. I'm doing the same too. Good, good. I'm glad you're doing well out there, Smile. Uh, Luna Storm is ready for sweaters and football. Yeah, I'm, it has been 
much less warm here in Michigan, southeastern Michigan. And I, it's totally fine with me. I'm, I'm not someone who really enjoys the heat. And I, I've been enjoying a hooded sweatshirt weather, although today it's a little bit warmer today. Beth says, the Bengals have sucked for years. Um, well, Beth, I'm not sure where you've been for the last couple years, but the Bengals have actually been pretty darn good for the last uh, maybe five or six years. Ever since uh, they drafted Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they've been pretty good. Uh, they've made the playoffs the last few years and made it to the AFC Championship game a few years. They were pretty bad for a long time before that. I will give you that, Beth. But check them out now. Give them another chance if you're a fan of the Bengals because they have some some pretty electric talents. Mr. Joe Burrow is a Sagittarius. He looks just like Macaulay Culkin. If Macaulay Culkin had grown up how we expected him to look from home alone, <laughs> so I always think of it that way. And Jamar Chase is probably one of the, the best wide receivers in the league. Just super fast, really good, really, uh, really fun to watch. So Bengals are worth reevaluating your, your relationship to if, you, if you've been ignoring them for a period of time, Beth. Mr. Hindsight says San Francisco here. Well, 49ers are looking pretty good this year, Mr. Hindsight. Uh, they got a really good defense. They have a really awesome running back in Christian McCaffrey. They have an upstart young quarterback in Brock Purdy, Mr. Seventh Round or Undrafted. I think he was Mr. Irrelevant or something like that. Pretty, pretty exciting times out there. They're kind of a rival with the Packers, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Beth said, I meant prior to Joe. Good. There you go. Beth, you know what you're talking about then. Yeah. Yeah. They were really bad prior to Joe Burrow. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I have about a 30 second delay. So I saw your comment and pontificated on how good the Bengals were before that came comment came in, Beth. So yeah, um, they were pretty bad and the organization itself had a lot of challenges, but I think they're turning around. I think I'm glad to see them, uh, providing some hope for dedicated fans. I'm a child of the 80s, so I remember the Boomer Esiason years where they were pretty pretty darn good for a period of time as well. KP1231 says, Cade York trade has me breathing sides of, sighs of relief. <laughs> for those of you not familiar, Cade York is a kicker for the, the Cleveland Browns. And uh, he, had this, he was on the struggle bus this preseason. It sounds like he got traded. I think I missed the trade, but it looks like your, uh, your long national nightmare in the preseason has been alleviated. We're going through a similar thing in Green Bay with a rookie cook kicker, uh, Anders Carlson, the brother of Daniel Carlson, an all-pro kicker for the Los Angeles Raiders, who had his own struggles when he was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. They cut him in his rookie year, and then he went on to be really amazing for the Raiders. So the Packers wisely are, are having patience with their rookie kicker, who has a huge leg but has accuracy issues. So I'll be right there with you, uh, fans of teams with uh, – Inconsistent kickers, holding your breath every time they go out there. <laughs> uh, Luna Storm says, I get distracted from all the political events happening in the world. It's important to pay attention, but can really suck up time. Yes, and you love Joe Burrow. Yes, he is a, he is a lovable guy. I, I think so. He's a, he's a cool dude. Like I said, he reminds me of an, the adult version of Macaulay Culkin that I thought Macaulay Culkin would, would go into or, or grow into instead of the somewhat strange man that he actually became. Uh, but yeah, the, that's another time suck, right? Like reading the news. Uh, and this is, this is the ultimate Virgo season conversation. It's how are we going to manage our time? How are we going to become efficient? Um, 
it's I think that there's going to be a test for how how much we're going to pay attention to the news or not, especially as we move into an election year in the United States. It can be very difficult to to escape some of those challenges. Oh, and thank you, Michelle, for the super sticker. I appreciate you. Yeah, friends, if you're enjoying the talk that we're having today in the Q&A, um, you can support the channel by by a little dollar sign in the chat. It's called a super chat or a super sticker. Really appreciate that. I just love you being here. Uh, putting a, a, a question or a chat in the chat box is, is helpful. You could, If you could do me a favor and like the video and subscribe to the channel, that'd be great as well. Um, but yeah, the political landscape is about to get much noisier. And I do think it is important to stay informed. Let me, let me preface everything I'm about to say to acknowledge that it is, it is a privilege to be able to ignore the news, okay? There, there's a lot of news going around where if, if none of it affects you, you probably are of a social class or have enough resources that you are doing very well and that your life may not reflect the lived life of everybody out there. And I think we have to make sure that we are not ignoring really important issues where we may be called to action to support people that may be in danger or may be, uh, uh, I don't know, more oppressed or have need the collective to respond. So that being said, you can schedule in an amount of time to engage with the news. You don't, I don't have any notifications on my phone. Friends, I, I don't know how anybody can get like a notification of a news story or of a, a, a communication through Instagram or whatever. I have none of that as a notification on my phone. Nothing. The only notifications I have on my phone are for severe weather events. Like if there's a tornado coming, I want to know about that. Everything else, I want to be intentional about when I engage with it. So that doesn't mean I never check the news, but I have, I'll have a time and I say, this is the time to check the news. And, and I'll find out about it if it's super, super important. I, if I, I want to be intentional about responding to messages in my email or messages in my social media. So I have a time that I will do that. At the end of the day, what, what this book is teaching me is that most things aren't an emergency. You know, if, if, they, if it is an emergency, you should communicate with people on how to get a hold of you to be able to deal with something. But but 90% of the things that we deal with on a daily basis, maybe even more, are non-emergency type of things and actually end up working themselves out over time. So that that's another way to deal with the news overload. There are certain things in your life that you can control and th certain things that are out of your control. And knowing the difference between those two things is is, that's a real lesson that we have to learn in life. So so yeah, I think that my, my advice on that Luna Storm be intentional about the time that you look at the news. Maybe take off notifications if they come to you on your phone and uh, stay informed and be active when, when you need to. But realize that you don't necessarily have to know every single in and out of the political back and forth. I, I, I just don't think that's necessary. You know, and some people will, will disagree with that. And, and again, I'm, I'm, prefacing all of this with saying it is important to know certain things that are happening. Michelle says, I'm a Virgo sun, cap rising, and always felt like I can get too serious at times 
and I have to be careful about my media consumption. Otherwise, it can take me down emotionally. Yes, amen to that, Michelle. Seriously, I, as a sensitive Cancerian son, um, I would absorb the, all of the suffering that, that is going on in the world. I would take it on as a responsibility. I would be like Salma Hayek. I'm like, I have to heal the world. I have to feed the world. You know? And as you get older and you under, start to understand some of your own limitations, you realize that you have limited energy, that you have limited emotional supplies and emotional tank and mental energy. And a lot of those things can drain, drain you. And then you end up helping nobody, right? So th this is figuring out what you can do, where to direct your energy, and then trying not to get overwhelmed by all the rest of it. And I, and I totally hear you, friends. We're in a time period where there's overwhelming things. There's instability politically. There's some financial insecurity at various places in the world. There's insecurity with the, the climate and all of that, climate change and, and natural disasters. But I do think being prepared is really important. And then having faith is the second part, you know, do what you can to be prepared. And then it's kind of let go and let universe on some level. Um, so yeah, Luna Storm says, if I had those notifications, I would be so distracted. I know, I know, I, I, I see people get pings on their phone all the time. And I just, I could never, could never have that going on all day long. I just, I like interacting with people, but again, I, I want to choose the times that I'm able to do that so that I can get something done. And, and this is just knowing myself, right? I know that if I have something like that on, it's already difficult for me to, to stay focused for a long period of time. I, I have Venus and Gemini, so my attention can be split in a lot of different directions. So, so this is more of an acknowledgement of the type of person that I am and knowing that I have to change my environment to be able to be successful. And I think that a lot of us who have maybe neuro, some neurodivergence, especially in the metaphysical field, there's a lot of folks that have like ADHD, that have attention challenges. A lot of it is through a trauma response as well. A lot of us have trauma in our lives. There's a reason why we've come to this work. A lot of it is because we probably felt insecure at various parts in our life and we wanted answers so to be able to deal with some of those neuro pathways that may have either been damaged or didn't get formed correctly because of our upbringing which is a real thing doesn't mean that we're flawed it means that we just have to make adjustments in our life to be able to to function the same way that someone who might not have experienced those things so Instead of changing, you know, instead of beating the hell out of yourself to say, oh, I, my environment has to change. I have to remove notifications. I have to set out the materials for my morning breakfast the night before. Uh, my partner, Tanya, has challenges with her memory. So she, I literally watched her put her car keys in the refrigerator so that she wouldn't forget her lunch the other day. You see what I'm saying? So she could literally not leave the house unless she saw her lunch. So th those are little tricks and hacks, life hacks. That's what they call the life hack method so that you can be more successful. And every day is not going to be the same. This is the thing. This is, this is the, 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 the key. And one of the things I love about their method is they acknowledge that we're not going to win every day. And this is important because as astrologers, we realize that there are going to be days where we have a hard aspect, where we have 
maybe the moon is in a balsamic phase and our energy is low. Maybe we'll have a day where there's a lot of activity and distractions when the moon is full. Uh, I had this the other day. I, I had trouble sleeping because I was learning more about, <laughs> I know I get it. This sounds silly to some of you who aren't interested in this, but it's, it's important to me. I was learning about my fantasy football leagues and the rules and when they were going to be. And I ended up making the mistake of doing a practice draft. The draft is really important for this type of thing. It's probably the most important action because you're stuck with those players for the rest of the season for the most part. Um, I did a, a mock draft at like 9.30 at night, which is usually when I'm winding down to go to bed. That was a big mistake because my brain started to chew on all the uh, challenges, mistakes, good things, possibilities. So you want to be intentional about that. That that was very instructive to me to say, you can engage with this before bed or you're going to be up all night thinking about it. So those are ways of, of uh, setting yourself up for success by changing your environment. Um, so really enjoy kind of uh, trying to figure out this puzzle. Um... Let's see. Bonnie says, look at the news during Saturn's hour. Only the basics. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, planning it out by planetary hour, right? Th yeah, because you can set good limits around it, Bonnie. That's good. Because uh, Mercury hour could take you in all sorts of different directions. And Mars hour might get you angry about it. I, I like to do physical activities during Mars hour. I like to like do all the chores I don't want to do. I like to clean during Mars hour. Um, I like to study during during Mercury and solar hours. I like to give people a phone call during a uh, Venus hour, especially, especially if it's direct <laughs> like, and Mercury hours. But I know that if I call someone during a Mercury hour, I might be on the phone with them for a long time. Um, yeah, doing, doing some work that may be difficult, but you know you have to do it during Saturn, something you want to set a limit to. I never send an email or a newsletter out during a malefic hour. I always try to pick a benefic hour, like, like the... Venus or Jupiter. I love teaching during Jupiter hours too. Like learning and teaching is something that you can do during those hours. So yeah, arranging your life by with informed by astrology can be really effective. Although I wouldn't overdo that. It's very easy to like get so granular about that type of thing that you just, it's hard to make it work. So, but again, there are definitely little hacks with astrology that you can do. Uh, Luna Storm says, I'm such a political junkie. I'm one of those people who like to know all the details. It's okay to, to know all, all those details, Luna Storm. What I would say is, is that you have to be able to compartmentalize it so that it isn't affecting other parts of your life that you want to be able to focus on. Uh, again, set a time timer. You know, there's a whole lot that you can learn if you have, if you really like the news, if you have an hour to read the news. You can learn a lot in one hour, but then when that hour is done, you, you disconnect from it and you, you go on to the task that is important to you for the next hour. Uh, Monique says, trauma is the way spirit hazes healers. <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think that is for the most part true. Not every metaphysician or healer had extreme trauma or there's different levels of it. The trauma that we did experience always feels extreme to us, but um, but it's not always the case. And I think that one of the, the work that we're doing here also is being able to uh, change the story, you know, just to write a new script, write a new narrative, because we probably internalized some of those challenges when we were younger 
and learning that it's okay to live uh, uh, without having to constantly being in fear or constantly you know being anxious or something like that those are those are things that we learn but through making changes in our life kp says definitely leave notica- notifications on for this podcast though <laughs> yeah there you go yes well and that makes sense though because i don't go live every single day i don't go live every hour whereas you can get notifications every five minutes if you have it on for certain things but I do it once a week, so knowing when I, I, I'm going live is probably not necessarily a bad notification. Although you can probably predict when I'm going to go live. For the most part, it's usually Fridays. It's usually 1 or 2 o'clock. You know, full disclosure, I definitely schedule these for a, a fortuitous planetary hour. I've been pushing it back to 2 p.m. Eastern because 1 p.m. Eastern was starting it with the Mars hour, and I don't want to start my, my podcast with the Mars hour. Today, I even delayed two minutes to get a Sag rising chart instead of a Scorpio rising with to have Jupiter ruling the chart rather than Mars. So there's little tweaks here and there, but for the most part, you can mostly assume I'm going to go live you know, Fridays. And if there's an adjustment, it's sometimes Thursdays and rarely on Saturdays. But yeah, sign up for the newsletter. That's another way, even if you don't want to turn the notification bell on, if you sign up for my newsletter, you're, you'll always know when I'm going to be going live. Uh, Monique says, Monique is laughing at me for me freaking out over the practice draft. Monique, have you met me? (laughs) Maybe you haven't met me in person. But I have a Virgo stellium squared Venus and Gemini. So even if I wanted to shut my brain off, uh, I sometimes have difficulty with it. So I have to, to, to set myself up for success by not engaging in something that I often want to analyze. I have a very analytical mind. And in the right situation, it is a huge gift. For doing work with clients, it is great. But for other parts of my life, it can get a little out of control. It can get a little bit like I can't shut it off. So I, I you know, this is something that I'm realizing. I, I've actually been nervous about engaging with something that I really enjoy like fantasy football, because I know that there's so many things to think about, to read about, that I have to really be disciplined about how I engage with something that I like. So this is something. This is this is my Venus retrograde moment. Is saying how do I enjoy something without it overwhelming me? Last year was my first year doing something like fantasy football, and I will admit, as much as I enjoyed it and talking with friends, I had some moments where I was like, this is sucking a lot of my time away. And I'm feeling a lot of anxiety about making decisions from week to week because you have to decide which players you play and which ones you don't. And I know some people will think that that's funny, um, that I'm worrying about something that doesn't matter. But you, you can't always control the things that become important to a neurodivergent mind, if that makes sense. So it, when you know that about yourself, you have to be able to set those boundaries. Mr. Hindsight says, I used to substitute in high schools, and I would ask, how many of you can name Major League Baseball pitchers? And half the class raised their hand. Then I would ask, how many of you can name NFL quarterbacks? And more raised their hand. And then he goes on and say, okay, so how many of you can name your senators? <laughs> I might see one per day. No athlete is going to change your life. Okay, if you like Jackie Robinson, perhaps. But your senators affect your life every day. Wisdom for sure, Mr. Hindsight. But is that senator that you can name going to give you a welcome diversion from the horrors of your everyday life? Maybe not. 
So I think that it is a mistake to dismiss some of the things that bring us joy. I want, I 100% agree that I think that we should have more, be more informed about our government or about how it works and how our actions can affect our community. But I don't want to make this a, a, into a uh, making people feel guilty for doing things that bring them joy. Because I do think that it's really, really important to pursue things that bring you joy as well as things that are serious within life. And this is another thing they talk about in winning the week. If you are constantly just working, 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 serious, 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 you are going to burn out. And as much as we may disagree on what it is that brings us pleasure, just having that thing that does bring you pleasure is very important to be able to recharge your battery, to be able to relax your brain. And again, like finding an activity that's actually relaxing, depending on your personality. So yeah, I, I see what you mean though. I know, I know that, but sports to me, I, I love sports and I think sports is a great, uh, a ballet. I see beauty and grace and I see it as a dance. I see it as uh, human beings pushing themselves to the very height of their capabilities. I also learn about humility through sports because no matter how good you are, you will fail uh, in sports more often than you succeed. And th there's just so many great stories and life lessons that you can learn through the metaphor of sport. So I, I just see it as, as a spiritual practice as well as something that I just enjoy. Everyth anything can be a cathedral if you, if you put your mind to it. And to me, a stadium can be a cathedral. EK says, my jigsaw puzzle is not okay with being scheduled. Problem starts with opening the box. Um, oh, so like actually doing the jigsaw puzzle, Beth? That is, yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing they're talking about. Like um, setting aside an hour to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do this puzzle. And maybe it, maybe there are other things that are a higher, quote unquote, a higher priority. But the fact of the matter is, is that we can't get everything done every week. They tell you to f find your leveraged priority, find the, the highest priority that will make your life easier moving forward and make sure that you set your week up to succeed in that particular thing. So, you know, like my leveraged priority this week, what was it? What was the thing that I had to get done? For me, my, my highest priority was I wanted to be pre-prepared for the readings I have next week. This is the reason why I schedule my readings a week in advance. I don't want to be surprised with someone scheduling a reading tomorrow because then I can't be intentional with my time for the week. So for me, I, I, I worked ahead on my notes for the week. I said, I have to get this done so that I can free up time to do something else that I want to do, which is recreational. Uh, Michelle says, what news source can you trust these days? Any suggestions for when I do want to see what's going on? Um, that's a good question, Michelle. Uh, I believe that there's a site called All, All Sides Media um, where they try to show you uh, articles from and the political lens that they are filtered through so you can read about the same issue from multiple different perspectives. I also recommend Reuters. I think that they, they are actually some of the more objective news sources that I've, I've seen. So those two might be a good place to start. 
Uh, Monique is laughing at me again. <laughs> Monique is busting my chops today. Well, Monique, uh, she says I can be your fantasy accountability partner because I'm the opposite. I don't study. Well, Monique, you can you can be my accountability partner, but you are also my competition, my friend. Monique is uh, in two leagues that I'm in, so uh, you can tell me not to study, but I'm going to be studying so that I can kick your ass <laughs> like this year, and I mean that with all the love in my heart. Uh, Carol says, Spencer, you have a beautiful mind. Well, thank you, Carol. I, I, I try. Uh, I try to be a, a, a good person. I try to share my experiences, recognizing that I am flawed and that I have my own challenges. I try to be the best version of myself on this channel. So I think you're, you're getting me uh, trying to... to share my wisdom in the most balanced and centered way possible. So again, we all have our, our good days and our bad days, but thank you, Carol, for saying that. I, I appreciate you. Um, Mr. Hines agrees, agrees, so agreeing with some of my political slash sports ranting, I hope. Um, okay. Any other questions, friends? Do we have any astrology questions about how things are going? Or, um, sports questions could be I, I wanted to say, too, keep your eyes peeled on the Nightlight Astrology channel because my friend Adam Ellenboss and my friend Kip and I recorded a podcast for the Astrology of Sports this week, and it should be out uh, sometime next week before the season starts. So I want you to keep your eyes peeled for that. We had a lot of fun doing it. Um, it's just something that we, we really enjoyed nerding out on. And uh, we look at charts. We look at annual perfection years. We, talk, we talked a lot about the NFL this week and quarterbacks, MVPs, Super Bowl, all that stuff. So if you, if you are interested in that, keep your eyes peeled uh, for that. Dimphy is here, says arriving late. Greetings from the Netherlands. Nice to see you, Dimphy. Hope that your garden is doing well. We are talking about time management today in true uh, Virgo season style, executive skills functioning. We're talking about the balance between work and pleasure, talking sports, talking football, talking gardening, all those things. So if you have a question, Dimphy, astrology, gardening, sports, otherwise, put it in the chat and we'll be able to, uh, I'll, I'll see how we can do here. Okay. Um, so we've gone over the Venus retrograde. We've talked about Jupiter retrograde. Uh, Michelle says, sorry, I love you, Spencer, but I'm not a sports fan. Otherwise, I'll be tuning in as I love Adam, too. Yeah, it's okay. You know, not everyone uh, finds recreative uh, pleasure in, in something like sports, and that is okay. Because there is a, uh, a myriad of different things that we can do in our life. And to be honest with you, sports isn't my only thing that I take pleasure in. I like to garden. I like to walk. I like to play music. I I enjoy being a bit of a polymath or a renaissance person or something like that. I have a lot of different interests. I like food. I really like food. So if you want to talk to me about food, I well, we can talk food all day. This is, a, this is what happens when you have Venus and Gemini. You have a lot of different interests. Um, let's see. Okay. Monique says, can you speak to the long Venus-Jupiter square? And then Luna Storm is asking, did you do Russell Wilson's chart? So Luna Storm, yes. We did, and I'll come back to your question, Monique, because I want to spend more time on that. Um, yes, Russell Wilson has one of the only time charts in the NFL. 
we have Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson timed charts. The other ones were using untimed charts, which which is challenging. It's, it is a little frustrating and challenging, but we can glean some things. It's just not a, quite as uh, detailed and poignant as it would be if we had a time chart. I'll just preview this and then we'll, we'll get to Monique's question. Yeah, Russell Wilson has a, a challenging year coming up. He is in an 11th house perfection that's gonna move into a 12th house perfection year. Um, I believe he starts out with Jupiter as his time lord, and then it becomes Mars. I'll have to, I'll have to think about that. I'm gonna, sh I'll just show you real quick, and then I'll get to Monique's question. Because I do think that, because we have a time chart for Russ, there's actually astrology we can demonstrate here. So, Russ is uh, 1988. So right now he's 34 years old. And the way that we do annual perfections is we go in 12 year increments around the wheel and each year activates a certain house and, and the planet that rules that house and every planet in the house. So because Russell Wilson is 34 years old, he is in a 11th house perfection year because if one of the, this is an easy way to do this is, you know, they go in 12, 24, 36, 48. So I know that when he turns 36, he's going to be in a first house perfection year. So 35, age 35 is going to be 12. Age 34 is going to be 11th house. So he is going to be in a year ruled by Jupiter. And we went over this a little bit in the astrology of sports, but I'll just do it real quickly here to demonstrate. So he's going to be in a uh, 11th house perfection year, which is a fortunate house. So that is not necessarily bad. Um, but he has a retrograde Jupiter in its exile which could speak to delays being overwhelmed with a new playbook. They have a new coach, Sean Payton, who is a pretty disciplined Capricorn type person who expects a lot. Uh, he also will have the sun in Sagittarius conjoining a combust Mercury in its exile. So those two planets are going to be activated for the beginning of the season. But at his birthday, he's going to move to a 12th house perfection year and Saturn becomes his time lord. And what I have seen, 12th house is a challenging year. It's where you are out of control. It's where sometimes you don't necessarily have as much agency, where you're having to adjust to circumstances. Now, Saturn is well dignified in its house, in this his chart, but it is still in the 12th house. And to, to me, this could be like, maybe he has an injury. Maybe he's not able to have the type of success that he wants to have throughout the year. Um, he's just letting go for a new start that will happen at age 36. So I'm, I'm bearish on Russell Wilson this year. A lot of people think that he, it, last year was an aberration and that he had a challenging year last year, if you don't know. But this year, they're hoping for him to bounce back. I'm just not sure. He's 35 years old. It's an age where quarterbacks start to, to fade. And the only person that's undefeated in sports is father time. And he may be running against that this year. Okay, so that's Russell Wilson's chart and a little breakdown of that. One little thing for those of you who are interested is I like to track the ruling planet of someone's son during the course of the year too. So the other thing that tells me Russ might have some questions this year is his Time Lord not only is going to be Mercury ruled Jupiter here in its exile, but it's going to be Jupiter in Taurus by transit, which is going to retrograde for most of the season. So I, I expect him to have some roadblocks. Okay. 
let's go back to the chart of the day here. Um, Dimpy says, pity you don't live by. You could try my homegrown and homemade sweet and sour zucchini with apple vinegar. That sounds good, Dimpy. Nice. I'm into that. Um, Luna Storm says, I will. Th I think he will not be a quarterback much longer. His backup quarterback did much better in the preseason. Yeah. I think he's going to probably retire pretty soon. I mean, and it may not just be his all his choice. It might be his body breaking down. So that's just the unfortunate reality of a, of a, of a challenging sport like football is that you can't play it forever, even with the, the new rules that are much more favorable to quarterbacks. Yeah, Luna Storm says Russ has started doing more TV and film projects. That makes a lot of sense because he has, you know, Jupiter and Gemini. So he might be really good in communication media and things like that. So that would, that would be really interesting. Um, going back to Monique's question, can you speak to the long Venus-Jupiter square? So let's take a look at that. So we have Venus that has been retrograding and now stationing and uh, in this square to Jupiter. And now Venus is going to station direct and Jupiter is going to retrograde, kind of extending this. Um, to me, this is a, a uh, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier about setting limits on the things that we love, right? Setting limits on things that a small portion might be fun and good for you, whereas a large portion might be toxic. So, so for example, like going back to my fantasy football metaphor, engaging with that in a healthy way, maybe half an hour, even, even up to an hour a day, it just sounds like a lot. It probably is too much, but is much healthier than like lying awake at night, losing sleep about who you're going to start on Sunday, right? So when we have Jupiter and Venus squaring, Jupiter tends to bring us more of something. Venus is the things we take pleasure in. So this could be an expansion of things that we love. That could be good or too much of something could tend to make us sick. It's like too much of the sweet thing, right? You eat too, a little bit of sweets that could be okay. You eat a lot of it, you're going to throw up, you know? So, so I, I think that's part of the thing we're going to be experiencing is how do we define how we're going to engage with pleasurable activities? What kind of rhythm and schedule can we keep with a balance, a healthy work and pleasure balance? And really maybe starting to eliminate some of the excesses or or i think that to be able to deal with with the excesses in a healthy way because this this aspect does to me speak to excess so i hope that helps with the 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 answer to that question monique michelle also has a ton of interest good yeah i mean it's okay to be well-rounded uh, I don't. I don't think about sports twenty four seven. Although I, when I do think about it, my brain just like fires off. Like like you're talking about the beautiful mind. It, it definitely, you know, the memes that where everyone's doing math calculus in their head. That's what it looks like when I'm thinking about sports. It's it's a little wild, and I, and I always I can't always control it. Is is some of the things that I will say. That's why I have to be intentional about when I engage with those things. Um, Dimphy says, "Oh, okay, yeah, I got that one." Luna Storm says, well, Burroughs have similar issues with being a Sagittarius. I think, I do think so, um, Luna Storm. I think that he already has started the season with an injury. 
he had a calf injury during training camp. And I think that I'm always leery of players that start a season off with an injury because they're always playing catch up. And a lot of those things, even though they're playing, can linger and the injury could return. So I, I'm nervous that like it may be a lingering injury that he says is good enough to play, but maybe he gets a little hurt again. Um, and that there's just something where he's having difficulty establishing a, a rhythm and a routine. So yes, I do think that the Sagittarian quarterbacks, Joe Burrows is Sagittarius, Justin Herbert is Pisces, um, Aaron Rodgers is a Sagittarius. So I think he's going to have an up and down season. Um, trying to figure out who else might be might fit into that category. Those are the big names that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and again, it doesn't station direct until the very end of the season, the beginning of the playoffs, uh, uh, December 30th. Dawn is here. Hi, I just got here just in time. Well, we're just talking, talking Jupiter squared uh, Venus. We're talking sports. We're talking fantasy football. We're talking uh, gardening, all sorts of things today. Mr. Hindsight says, my intense pursuit of creating art, I have over 12, 20 years of neglected house maintenance. Yes. Yes, Mr. Hindsight. I, I feel you on that. As a musician, there were times in the past when I would get so absorbed in writing a song, like chasing the muse, that I would have difficulty like with organization in my house or things would go undone. Um, or I would forget to eat or I'd forget to sleep and I'd wake and you know, literally get my head back above water and be like, excuse me, it'd be like three o'clock in the morning. And, and that just became very disruptive. Um, I, in my songwriting classes, I talked about Richard Rogers and how he had a certain time of day. I believe it was like nine to, to 11 in the morning where he sat down on his piano, no matter what, whether he was inspired or not. And he showed up for the muse. And I really like that idea because what you're doing is you're telling your inner muse that, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up for this and I'm going to allow you, whatever is going to come through me to come through me. And then I'm going to show up the next day and I'm going to show up the next day and I'm going to show up the next day. And Richard Rogers published, not wrote, published over 900 songs in his life, including the soundtrack to The Sound of Music. I believe he did uh, every, everything that is uh, Rogers and Hammerstein, right? Oklahoma, I think. Um, so th there, what the other thing that that does is you stop when you are done and and that trains you to like kick the muse in uh when you are when you sit down at your whatever your chosen medium is don says starting an aip diet this week to help with the excess okay T tell me more about that i'm not i don't not familiar with that acronym but um i definitely feel like uh you know di diets are good especially if you're evaluating things that made you sick in the past um but i would say be gentle with yourself on that like uh those habits can come and go like i'm not a fan of extreme diets although i have i have learned the things that make me feel energized and the things that make me tired so i've been i've been kind of cutting out a lot of crap out of my diet too and it goes in waves just like we win win the week rather than win every day same thing with the diet too like you may have a day where you have where you fall short of the glory Okay, but as long as the predominant habit that you have with your food habits is healthy, then I think that you'll be okay. Uh, Monique says, Russell Wilson is having a new baby this year too. Oh boy, I didn't know that, Monique. But that makes a lot of sense because his time lord is in the fifth house, right? 
So in, here's the other thing I'll say. That's great information, Mo, because when an, an athlete has a newborn baby, what do we know about newborn babies? They do not sleep very well. And if he's living at home with his wife at, at, for any length of time, Russell Wilson is probably not getting the type of sleep that he would normally be getting, in my, in my opinion. I've seen this happen in, with other athletes. They have a kid, and they aren't sleeping, and invariably their performance starts to tank. And it, could, it also sometimes leads to injuries because you don't sleep, you don't let your body recover enough. So really good insight there, Monique, to, to help contextualize some of the things that we saw in this chart. Uh, Don says, yep, we need Uranus out of the 6-2. Um, yeah, for Sagittarius Risings, yeah, that may be a little disruptive for sure. Uh, Luna Storm says, yes, when I heard about, I believe this is Joe Burrow's injury, I got concerned being a Sag, you know how injuries affect you. Yeah, and especially lower leg extremities because, you know, the Sagittarius has a lot of focal point on the hips and the legs and um, so, yeah, those things can linger and you need those to be in good shape to, to move forward with your life. Kaylee Burkana is here. Nice to see you. That's a new name. Uh, I'm sorry if you've been here before, but this is a new one to me. Super interested in the astrology of sports for the purpose of testing out astrological techniques. Really enjoyed the last one and since then tested out horary and was correct on a few games. Good, Kaylee. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, Adam and I do use Horary for our for our, our predictions. Um, we also use Hellenistic techniques like annual perfections and Time Lord stuff. And I like to use a South Node technique to predict championship games. Uh, I've pre correctly predicted um, the Super Bowl, the World Series, and I believe there was another championship game that I was either really close. It was the World Cup. I got very close on the World Cup. Um, a few years ago, using a south node technique where I look to the coaches of the, the particular team and see if they have any close contacts with the south node of the chart or to their natal south node. And to me, that means that that is energy that is leaving the physical plane. There is an acceptance of loss. So I look for that to see who was possibly going to lose. Last year, Eagles coach Nick Sariani had... Um, he had Mercury on the south node during that game. And, and I predicted very early in the season that, that I didn't necessarily have a, a huge idea of who was going to win, although I did predict the Chiefs were going to win because I saw some stuff with Andy Reid. But I said, I know who's going to lose. And it's Nick Sirianni is going to lose the Super Bowl. And it ended up being right. And there was a lot of Philadelphia fans that were upset with me. But I have some good news for you, Philadelphia fans, this year. You'll, I want you to watch the astrology of sports to get my full breakdown. But I think you'll be pretty pleased if you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan this year. And that is what I will say about that. Um, let's see. Luna Storm says, once he started his family, I noticed changes. Yeah, and this is the thing. These athletes that are getting into their early 30s, they have different responsibilities than they did in their early 20s. You know, they're, they're starting to, their priorities are starting to shift. They're starting to have different family responsibilities. So all of those will go into this decision making of someone who is in their mid 30s versus their early 20s. It's interesting, like Aaron Rodgers has been playing so long, but he doesn't have any kids. He's not married. He doesn't have any kids. His priority has been football for the most part and he's renewed his commitment to football since he didn't want to look bad in his new situation 
Um, his last few years in Green Bay, he sort of phoned it in, in my opinion. Um, but he seems revitalized in, in New York. But wish him well. But my, my main concern with him is that he'll play 65% of the snaps in New York. I do not care what he does otherwise out there. If he plays 65% of the snaps, the Green Bay Packers will get a first-round pick in exchange. If he doesn't, it's a second-round pick. So him playing that amount of time means better fortunes for the team that I follow. Okay, uh, other questions, other comments. Let's take a little stretch break here. Take this opportunity. We can go a little bit longer if you have some questions or if you want to hang out a little bit longer. Please like and subscribe to the channel. If you're new here, welcome. We talk astrology. Sometimes we talk sports. Sometimes we talk gardening. Sometimes we talk about the nature of the universe. Sometimes we talk about climate change. Sometimes we talk about uh, being responsible community members and social justice and things like that. We talk about all sorts of things here. And we try to do it with kindness. And we try to do it with heart. And if you are someone who is uh, interested in those types of things and are, uh, have some positivity to contribute, you are welcome here. And we try to hold space if you're having challenges too. So like and subscribe to the channel. If you are enjoying this Q&A today, uh, you can make a donation to the work that I do by contributing a super chat or a super sticker in the chat today. You can also buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com or you can make a donation via my Venmo or at PayPal me, which is a link in the description of this video. I also do readings, friends. So if you are enjoying the meticulousness of the work I do, I do this for my readings as well. Uh, I usually prepare at least two to three pages of very, very detailed notes for every reading that I do. Probably more information than most people can handle. Uh, but this is sort of like a, an example of the preparation I do. Natal readings, transit readings, one question readings if you're trying to figure out a particular issue. I also do tutoring if you want to work with me individually. And I have group classes. I have a group class coming up. It's called a Deccan Walk. I like to work with the Deccans, which is a 10-degree section of, of the zodiac or of each sign. And I find that it gives me the specificity that I crave when making predictions. And we're going to be going on a journey throughout an entire year together. Uh, we're going to have a Discord server. We're going to have a PDF workbook. We're going to meet twice a week for probably two to three hours each time. Um, and we're going to be having access to the three-hour webinars that I did on each sign, 12 three-hour webinars that are going to be part of the educational materials and part of the cost of the course as well. There are payment plans available. They can be quarterly. They can be monthly. Uh, willing to work with you to figure out a way for you to participate. So I hope that you'll sign up for that. It's going to start on October 2nd. So we've got probably about a month to sign up. And um, I hope to see you there. And let me know if you have any questions. The Deccans of Virgo is on sale right now, 20% off. So check that out if you want to uh, engage piecemeal. Carol from Mass says, Philadelphia Eagles fan, thank you. I just, we all talked about it, but Jalen Hurts, he's going to have a good year. Uh, I feel pretty good about that. Um, I did some numerological analysis of the NFL quarterbacks, and he's one of the only ones that has a 22 uh, slash four year, which is a master number. So I, I have a feeling he's going to have a really, really great year. And I, that was, um, spoiler alert, that was my Super Bowl pick 
uh, was the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Um, Carol says, how best work with, question, how to best work with Mercury Kazemi in a Mercury Perfection year? Um, well, Carol, that's a good question. It, can you give me more insight into which house it is for you, which what your rising sign is? Um, because that'll give give me more information. I do think that you're in for a positive time. Mercury is in its exaltation and in its domicile, which means that it is in its own home. And it is also an honored guest. It's, it has dual dignity in that sign. And it's going to be coming together at 13 degrees of Virgo on September the 6th. So that Deccan is related to the nine of pentacles. So here we see a figure who is in a lush garden holding onto a falcon. Uh, this is a, a, a vision of being able to bring essence into form successfully and being able to weed out the distractions or the inefficiencies in our processes. So you've heard me talking today about this book I'm really fascinated with this week, Winning the Week, which is all about time management. It's all about being intentional with your time and protecting your time. And I think that you could have some really great insights about how to do that within your own life, about how to put essence into, uh, into form. So Carol's saying, uh, cap rising sixth house. So sixth house generally deals with injuries, illnesses, anything that pulls us away from completion. So this is part of the angular triad uh, method where we see the angles one, four, seven, and 10. And then we have houses that surround it. I'll give you an example of this. It's easier if I contextualize it with a chart. So let's just, for the sake of conversation, let's put your rising sign on the ascendant, okay? So there's Capricorn rising. And, well, so what is, uh, hold on a second. Carol, Cap rising gives you the Kazemi in the ninth house, okay? So I'm just getting clear because you're saying Cap rising sixth house Kazemi, or are you in a sixth house perfection year? Is that what you're referring to? Okay. Let me get. Let me wait for her clarity. Luna asks. Do you have recommendations on numerology books? I really like, um, oh, what is it called? Numerology and the Divine Triangle by Dusty Bunker. It's a book I've had for a really long time. Um, and it actually speaks towards the Deccans as well. It was a really, really great book. Um, numerology and the Divine Triangle. I also like Hans Decode's numerology book. Those are the two ones that I can I can think of off the top of my head. But my first go-to would be um, Numerology and the Divine Triangle. If you get those two books, that'll get you really good, a good start with that. Um, so, I'm, Carol, I'm getting that you have a sixth house perfection year, but Mercury is your time lord, right? Okay. So with a sixth house perfection year, you know, you're probably dealing with issues that are, are pulling you away from your sense of completion. Right, so if seventh house is is anything that we can celebrate an achievement, it's an ending, it's like a wedding or something like that. Sixth house is something that pulls us away because it is by primary motion, the motion of the sun, 
the the seventh house is moving towards the sixth. It's pulling us away from a place of power. Whereas the eighth house is moving into the seventh house. It's called the succeedant house. Cadent is the sixth house, uh, and cadent means falling away from the angle. So whenever we have planets in a cadent house, we have a cadent year. Sometimes we feel like we're being pulled away from a completion. Whether in the sixth house generally is it's either through an injury, it's either through an illness, or it could be through a lot of work that we just aren't getting credit for. In ancient times, they would consider this a house of slavery. So this is something where you might be, you know, working very hard at something and not getting credit for, for what you do. Now, Mercury is going to be making Kazemi in your ninth house, squaring that house. So you might have some insights into how to best organize your life to take care of the responsibilities that you have in your sixth house year, right? Whether it's ability to work with some sort of uh, doctor to, to heal an injury or an illness, whether it's shifting your belief systems that will lead you to better health, uh, whether it's taking a trip or a journey to be able to find new meaning within your life. These are all things that could be playing out with the ninth house Kazemi for the sixth house year. It could be traveling to a, a hospital far away to get like a, uh, you know, a, a different analysis, thinking about like if you had a serious health issue and you went to the Mayo Clinic or something in, in Minneapolis, traveling for that. Um, but I hope that you're healthy, Carol, and that everything's going well and that you're able to achieve your dreams. One of the things that I will say about sixth house experiences is the journey is just as important as the results. So a lot of times we feel like we're just not getting to the finish line, but we're learning a whole lot through through uh, being resilient and, and finding resilience within our life. Okay. Um, let's see. Another Carol is saying, how about a six house perfection year in Taurus with my natal moon? Um, well, that would put, uh, so let's see, let's move around the chart. That would put Sagittarius on the rising here, just like our, our chart of the moment. Um, I think if you have a natal moon there, it depends on where your Venus is as well, but I think that you're probably going to have some reevaluation of the type of professional that you might be working with. This could be like maybe you need a specialist or maybe you need a new doctor or something like that because Jupiter is about to station retrograde. You also could have have a, a, a physical complaint that comes up unexpectedly, potentially even with your nervous system, with Uranus hanging out in that house this year as well. Um, so this is something where you might have to reevaluate your daily habits and daily routines to be able to figure out how to move forward from that issue. And again, reevaluating the professional that you work with during the Jupiter retrograde could be beneficial. KP1231, question, Sag rising here. Can you speak briefly on how someone with Jupiter as their ascendant ruler will typically experience this retrograde? Is it obstacles or just a slowdown? Well, um, it depends on the context that it's making with your natal chart, number one. But I think that with the ascendant ruler in the sixth, you know, you're probably feeling like you're grinding out a lot of work for not a lot of results, potentially, or for not the results that you may want. 
or you have something that is is challenging your body or that is pulling you away from completing the work that you want to do. So Jupiter is, is going to ask you to reevaluate either, again, sixth house, I talk about sixth house as the professional that you work with because sixth house can also be like a doctor or something like that or, or someone you hire, someone that you've hired to work with. So there could be a reevaluation about the professional that you're working with. But if we bring the Deccan into it, that second Deccan is about creating healthy routines, about finding the balance between work and play, about showing up and doing just the right amount and then stopping when it's time to stop, just like tending the garden in a way where you're watering just enough every day, not overwatering or not underwatering. It's the Goldilocks kind of uh, experience, just right. So you, you may have a period of time from September the 4th to December 30th, where you are reevaluating all of those questions about how you organize your life, how you spend your time, the professionals that you're working with, the people that you hire, and are the routines and the rhythms that you have in your life, are they supporting you or are they detrimental? So yeah, we have a lot of sadness here today, Luna Storm says, yeah, for sure. Um, so, so reevaluating your systems and routines. Um, will, will they be obstacles or a slowdown? They're probably both. I think there will be some obstacles that will result in a slowdown. But again, it's a, it's, it may even be a timeout that will allow you to move forward um, once it's stations direct again. And again, planets go retrograde all the time. That doesn't mean that you're not going to get anything done. It just means that there may be you may need some extra time. You may need to reevaluate your methods. Your body might be feeling a little bit not the greatest with the, with the ruler of your ascendant in a in a dark house, in a house that does not witness the ascendant. So the sixth house is an aversion to the ascendant. So that's something where you're you're gonna you're going to probably uh, sad risings right now are having a little bit of a difficult time. They may not be feeling the best physically. They've got a lot going on with Saturn retrograding through their fourth house, probably a lot of responsibilities in their domestic life. Um, the sun right now is is lighting up your career house. So there's a bunch of focus on that. There's going to be a sun-Neptune opposition between your 10th and fourth house. So you want to get really clear about all of these things. Uh, there could be some confusion in balancing your work and your home life around this period of time, but you just got to hang in there. Janet Goodspeed is here. Uh, Janet ma made it. I'm still on. Yeah, Janet. I'm getting super excited. Janet, I have one of Janet's beautiful uh, talismans here. Uh, she makes wonderful, wonderful things. And uh, I just want to show you this, friends. You should go and check out goodsigil.com. This is a exalted sun talisman. And I'm getting ready to consecrate this on sunday i am so excited she just does such beautiful work thank you my friend for this this beautiful beautiful work of art and uh i can't i just can't sing enough praises of that particular uh service that she provides her her work i'm glad that you made it today janet and uh just wanted to shout you out again goodsigil.com um so what else? We have any more questions coming up here? Carol says, what's the significance of Venus stationing direct? Also, we have the recurring Venus square Jupiter happening again. 
Well, Carol, I talked about that earlier in the show. I don't know if you came in halfway through, but um, we talked about Venus stationing direct in the second decan of Leo. So I'm, I don't think I'm going to go over that again, but, but just t- too long, didn't read type of thing, getting clear on your, on your values and being able to, to figure out um, how to create an identity around what you truly value. Uh, and then the Venus square Jupiter is is more about how can you set limits around how you how you pursue pleasure because there may be uh, too much of a good thing and we have to learn how to to balance out the pleasures that we have within our life. KP twelve thirty one says definitely resonating. Thank you, especially with Saturn squaring my ascendant. Appreciate your insights. Well, I'm happy to be of service, my friend. And Janet says it's mutual. Yeah, Janet and I have like a an internet love affair going on here with with our respective services and businesses and just uh, Jan's a cool person. And someday we'll meet in person, Janet. And uh, I just love your work and uh, I will shout you out and thank you for that. And thanks, Janet has this, this wonderful newsletter that I would suggest uh, where she, um, in addition to, to hawking her beautiful wares, has a feature where she talks about her favorite things. Um, and there's all sorts of cool stuff in there. And I'm, I'm, I was honored to have the deck and walk included in that. So thanks, Janet, for for shouting me out on the deck and walk in the the newsletter, and um, just looking forward to to working together more. Okay, is there a link to her site? Yes, I am going to put a link to Janet's site in the chat box. And friends, if you have something that you like or that you do well, and I catch wind of it and I like it. I'm just going to shout it from the rafters and from the rooftops forever because I just love uh, supporting my friends. And if I like something, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> like so. Uh, so if you want to send me a free sample or something, I'm, 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 I will be your hype man. <laughs> like, it has to be good, though. It has to be something I'm going to like. Like, Because uh, if I don't like it, it would be hard for me to, to sell it. But uh, I'm a five life path, and they talk a lot about, about – being able to sell an idea with fives so they they, in the numerology book they say you could sell a ketchup popsicle to someone with white gloves but more so it's just passion when i when i i'm a leo rising so when i get passionate about something i I really like it and janet and i have some nice chart contacts she's a cancer rising with a leo sun i'm a leo rising with a cancer sun so it's our mutual sorry if our mutual admiration society is is (laughs) too nauseating but i i apologize for nothing i stand by what i said um okay yeah janet says leos must shine the spotlight on others i agree janet leo is definitely like i'm I'm great and so are you and let's all be great together and let's let's share our light and everyone you know the light of the sun just it, it spreads far and wide and it brings vitality to everyone so I, I love being a cheerleader for other other folks as well I think that that's something that's a secret signification of Leo actually is uh, it's not just all about you it's about you and your friends right look at this remember where Venus is stationing direct it's you and your crew. <laughs> See that? So we're just celebrating together in a, a parade of, of love and appreciation. Okay. Luminous Storm says, this has been such fun today. Yeah, this has been fun. Um, other questions? Do we have other questions? I think I can hang out for maybe 20 more minutes or so. I think Tanya will be home in about 4 o'clock. So <laughs> we could probably go till then. If you're enjoying this today, please like and subscribe. Uh, Please subscribe to my newsletter if you if you enjoy what I'm doing here today. I send out a newsletter about once a week, 
and keep you updated on all things that are going on in my world and, and all things that are going on with Tanya. And sometimes maybe I should do a feature for things that I like and I'll put, I'll put Janet's website in there and all the other good stuff that, uh, that I'm feeling really inspired about. I'll probably put this book in here. I like this book, Winning the Week. So if you want to win your week, sign up for the newsletter. Um, any other questions, astrology questions? We've covered Venus stationing direct. We've covered Jupiter stationing retrograde. We've talked a little bit about Mercury Kazemi. Um, we have looked at some individual houses, especially with Sag rising. Uh, moon storms taking off. Okay. Got to go over to do a genealogy webinar. Oh, that's fun. Well, have a good time, Luna. And thanks for stopping by today and for your good comments and questions. Appreciate you being here. Carol's asking about reverse nodal returns. That's funny you bring that up, Carol, because that was something that I had seen um, in a chart recently. I'll just show you uh, what I was looking at. Spoiler alert, it was a football player. <laughs> like, so I was looking at the chart of Josh Allen recently, and I was also looking at the chart of the Super Bowl. So here is the Super Bowl on the inside ring. Uh, this is February 11th, 2024. And oh, thanks, Don, for the super sticker. I appreciate you, friend. Thank you for your generosity. Appreciate that. Um, those really do help me keep the lights on here. I, I really appreciate when people make, make donations and, and support the work that I'm doing. Um, so the Super Bowl, is going to be February 11th, 2024, 3.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time in Paradise, Nevada. And Josh Allen, born May 21st, 1996 in Fireball, California. Now keep in mind, this is an untimed chart. So we're just, we don't have a rising sign for him, but we know where basically where his planets are. Uh, we see that during the Super Bowl, Josh Allen, who has the North Node at 16 degrees of Libra, is going to have a reverse nodal return during the Super Bowl. So, what does this mean? Well, that's a good question. I think, can you hear me? Sorry, I muted myself for just a second. I'm going to get back to the chart here. So, Don, yes. Don is asking if there's a finally another sports podcast. We recorded one this week, Don, but it will be out next week before the season starts. But I've been just talking talking sports here. We we did a real deep dive on the on an NFL preview, fantasy football, and MVP discussions, the Super Bowl. But I'm doing a little bit of an extended view here today. So I'm going to show you. I, I sorry, I didn't have my screen shared. There we go. So here is the Super Bowl chart and Josh Allen's chart. I had a question from Carol about reverse nodal returns. So, in true Gemini Venus fashion, I will combine two of those things, sports and the reverse nodal return. Um, so, you can see here that the north node of the Super Bowl chart is 16 degrees Aries, and Josh Allen will have the south node conjoining that. Now, a couple of things about this. I did not pick the Bills or Josh Allen to be in the Super Bowl. So, I want to just preface that with this. My spoiler alert for the sports podcast my picks were the eagles over the chiefs a rematch actually um but i did find this interesting and i had i thought long and hard about the possibility of josh allen being in this game 
or of Josh Allen having some real negative feelings about this game. Um, I think that one of the things we talked about in the sports podcast is that Saturn is going to be in the overcoming square to people that have a Gemini sun and that there are limitations when you have Saturn in the overcoming square to the sun. Um, One of the limitations that Josh Allen has had is his name is Patrick Mahomes. He has met Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs a number of years in a row now and just cannot beat the guy. And I have a feeling that the same thing is going to happen this year again, that, you know, he's going to get to very, very close to the big game and he just is not going to be able to get over the hump. Now I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm not always a hundred percent with my predictions. I I feel pretty strongly about the Eagles. I don't feel as strongly about the chiefs, but I I feel like there was enough contacts between chiefs, coaches and players to, to see that it's a very strong possibility that they will be back. But I think that they're probably going to lose. Um, so the reverse nodal return could be an increase in your need to let go, right? An increase in the qualities that you need to let go of. So he has to let go maybe of his individual drive and, and increase his ability to work together with others. Um, Tom Brady had North node in, uh, in Libra and eventually probably he had to learn to trust his teammates a little more that he had to learn how to work well with others. Maybe in the very beginning of his career, he was a little bit too self-centered or self-focused, and he had to let go of that. And And this might be a, a, a turning point for Josh Allen at his reverse nodal return, where through potential failure, he may have to like reevaluate the methods that he is using to, to create success within his life. So, so an increase of a decrease. He also could be experiencing an increase, okay, uh, with his north node here, um, excuse me. Let me let me get my arrangements here because there's a lot of increase decrease confusion happening. So Josh Allen's on the outside. He may may be decreasing his his uh, ability to have. He may have a situation from the past where he has to utilize his skill as a. a a mediator, a negotiator, or something of that nature as well. So what, what I think it, it, it represents is a turning point where you are really starting to feel that there is a, an, a, a roadblock to the way that you've always done something and to the way that you are trying to increase in life through challenge, through hardship. I, the nodes are really like, they are closely associated with fate. So I, I think that there's a fatalistic quality with this. Now, this could be an indication that maybe he's in the big game, but I just didn't see enough from other Buffalo uh, members, team members, to, to give that indication. So I saw some really strong connections with Patrick Mahomes' chart and the Super Bowl. Like Saturn was exactly on the moon of the chart, like his natal Saturn, which tells me he's probably going to be there, but he's not going to win. Um, and some other things with the coach. But you can find a full breakdown of that on the Astrology of Sports at Nightlight Astrology uh, next week. So I'll keep that in mind for next week. Oh, thank you so much, KP1231, for the super uh, sticker there. I appreciate you. It says, thanks again for generous insights and sharing so freely. Definitely like to be re- book a reading with you one day. Yes, I would love that, KP. Um, I-, I love getting to know folks that have been in the chat for, for weeks and weeks and weeks and finally getting to meet them face to face and and to be of service and help you break down your chart with some of the 
similar techniques we see here, but with, with even more personalization and, and meticulousness. So I'm looking forward to that, KP. Let's do it. Um, Karen is here. Karen Clark, hello, friend. Uh, Kira Ora Spencer. It is early Saturday morning here in New Zealand. Well, welcome, friend, and uh, Kia Ora to you as well. As I, I'm assuming that is a, a, a blessed greeting in New Zealand. I hope it is. <laughs> and uh, if it isn't, feel free to correct me. Uh, maybe you're like, screw you, Spencer. <laughs> I, I doubt it, though. There's nice people in New Zealand. My uh, One of my favorite authors, editors, publishers, Aaron, Aaron Cheek, is, is a New Zealander, and I always like following along with, with everything that he's doing, with, uh, I believe it's Rubedo Press. So um, if you ever have a chance to run into him out there, give him a shout out. He's a fellow Elvis fan, so hopefully we'll, he and I will get together and talk about Elvis soon. Okay, other questions, comments, requests before we kind of start winding it down here? Any other questions on uh, astrology, sports, gardening, time management, organizational skills, monarch butterflies, you name it. We, we talk about all of it here. If you've been noticing, I've been setting a time limit for how long I do these. Uh, I tend to be a little long-winded. And I like to hold space for people for a long period of time. I've been setting a two-hour limit for these these shows, whether it's a monthly or a, a full moon or a new moon. I think that's enough time. I think that's a good a good amount of time to to spend together. And uh, I know that it's probably even going to be too long for some other people, but we've already weeded those folks out by now. And um, yeah, I just enjoy the 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 back and forth with all of you. But also now I'm setting a limitation. To, to be able to be present for that full two hours. And then, you know, because I start to fade a little bit in hour three. So that's part of the thing I'm doing. Uh, yes, Kia Ora means be well. Well, thank you, Karen. And well, be well and Kia, kia Ora to you as well. Uh, Monique says, I have so much I need to digest. Got to run. Thanks, Spencer. Okay, thanks, Monique. And we'll I will see you uh, for our fantasy football draft, friend. I'm in a league with Monique. Unfortunately, Monique scheduled our league draft for 10 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, so I'm going to lose some sleep that day, but that's okay. I know that it's not all about me, but thanks, Monique, for disrupting my Jupiterian rhythms. But no, I'm just messing around. This is a, this is a choice that I make, and, and it's a small sacrifice to the football gods for uh, a season of fun. Um, what else? What else? Any other questions before we wrap for the day? Uh, so you have been listening to the Spencer Michelle Astrology Virgo season Q&A. What I like to do here on this channel is I like to break down new and full moons. I do a monthly analysis, if you're new here, on the astrology of the month. I usually go live once a week. Sometimes I'll take a week off here and there. It hasn't been a week off for a while, but that's okay. Uh, I like to do a, 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 just a freeform Q&A once, once a sign. So this is the Virgo season Q&A. And uh, I teach classes. I do readings. Um, I have webinars that you can purchase to support the channel on the Deccans, on tarot, on uh, various things. If you're curious about the Deccan Walk and you'd like to get an idea of my teaching style or, or you don't even know what the Deccans are, there is a free talk that I did on my YouTube channel. It's called Face Off. 
incorporating the decans into your astrological practice. This is a talk that I did for Nightlight Astrology for my good friend Adam Ellenboss. It is free on my channel. It's a two and a half hour deep dive into the decans. Um, you can check that out to get a nice introduction to what we're gonna, some of the things we're gonna be studying, and then we're gonna go into, we're gonna go into it decan by decan throughout the course of an entire year. So it's gonna be super fun. I hope that you'll join me for that. We've already got some super cool friends signed up that I'm excited to work with. You're gonna have a great time working with these folks, and uh, we're gonna go on a quite an amazing journey. Reach out if you need to split the payment up into a payment plan. Happy to work with you on that. Um, and uh, let's do it. It's going to start October 2nd. I'm probably going to shut down registration potentially a week before that. So you've probably got about a couple weeks. Um, but I want to make sure that we ha have all the resources and materials available before we start class. Okay. I'm looking through the chat here. Have to go. So happy I can make the live show. Have a great weekend. Looking forward to the next live show. Thanks, Spencer. Well, thank you. Smile. You, I love all the smiley faces. And thank you, Mr. Hindsight, for your insights today. And uh, yes, go team <laughs> and go senators. <laughs> like, I, let's, I'll try to, we'll learn the senators here as well as much as we focus on the, the quarterbacks and the, the pitchers. So friends, that I think is what I've got for you today. This has been a wonderful chat. Thank you so much for everyone who has contributed, uh, whether it was through donations or through your wonderful insights and questions. I so, so very much appreciate all of you and the community that we're creating here. It's so much fun for me to come on here and to connect with all of you. Um, I hope that you are having a great Virgo season and that you're finding your new rhythms and your new routines as we get back into like school time and things like that. And I hope that you'll join me for study over the course of the next year. So that's what I've got. Uh, I will see you the next time. Remember, remember, be kind to yourself during this period of time. Don't beat yourself up. Don't work too hard. Schedule in some fun along the way, and then you'll have a balanced, healthy life and a healthy experience to go forward. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to one another. And I'll see you the next time. Peace.